Support for LAist comes from FX, presenting What We Do in the Shadows. This comedy series follows the nightly exploits of vampire roommates as they navigate the modern world of Staten Island with their human familiar. Emmy eligible in all comedy categories. On Inheriting, Bao Trong was born in the U.S., but he longs for Vietnam, a country his father left behind. Being homesick for a, a place that's never been home. So how does he tell his dad that? Listen to Inheriting from LAS Studios and the NPR Network, wherever you get your podcasts. LAS Studios. Today on the L.A. Report, county vote centers are open around the region for the March 5th primary. L.A. County lets you watch the vote counting live. Kayakers are drawn to a stunning lake out in Death Valley created by the recent rainfall. The surface will turn into a glass surface that reflects the surroundings. And later, the Peacock series In the Know satirizes public radio with live-action interviews conducted by animated characters. We talk about the loving inspiration for the send-up and test the NPR knowledge of creators Zach Woods and Brandon Gardner with a quiz of our own. It's Sunday, February 25th. I'm Julia Paskin. That's coming up on the weekend edition of The L.A. Report from LAist 89.3. But first, here's the latest news. Votes are already rolling in for the March 5th primary, including in-person voting as of yesterday. And Los Angeles County has a new central facility in the city of industry to count them all. Election officials are giving citizens an inside look into ballot processing, says L.A. County Registrar Dean Logan. There are multiple cameras that you can monitor live stream on our website as well. So that's part of the design is, is to enable us to do that in a way that increases the transparency. If you want to get involved, the county is looking for temporary workers to help with the November election. And it's been called L.A.'s most Instagrammable chapel, but the future of Wayfarer's Chapel in Rancho Palos Verdes is now uncertain after recent landslides forced it to close. L.A.'s David Wagner looks back into the building's history. L.A. County is home to less than two dozen National Historic Landmarks. Wayfarer's Chapel became the newest entry on that list in December. Designed by Frank Lloyd Wright's son, the chapel first opened in 1951. Its iconic glass walls allow visitors to gaze out on a shady redwood grove. This isn't the first time landslides have damaged the property. The original visitor center was removed in 1995 due to land movement. Chapel leadership is now trying to raise a quarter of a million dollars to begin the extensive repairs needed to reopen. For LAist 89.3, I'm David Wagner. You can read more about the history of the chapel at LAist.com. And the roadway to San Onofre Beach was washed away after this month's major storms. And that means no easy car access to the storied surfing spot. Historian David Matuzic says the beach is world famous for its gentle rolling waves and an enduring spirit. What you find at San Onofre is that same 1960s aloha, that brotherhood of surfing. It's a place where you shared the waves and it was family in the water. But he says San Onofre is facing an existential challenge. We've lost 70 feet of coastline to coastal erosion in the 40-some years that I've been at San Onofre. State and local officials are working to restore access, but they say that they don't have a timeline as of yet. You can go to LAS.com to read more about the beach's history and its environmental challenges. 
Californians have a rare chance to go kayaking right now in Death Valley. LAist's Kevin Tidmarsh has more. After heavy rainfall earlier this month, Badwater Basin has filled up, creating a lake about a foot deep. Park Ranger Abby Wines says Death Valley saw about an inch and a half of rain. That is a lot of extra water for this driest place in North America. The water will only be deep enough for boats for about another week, but the National Park Service thinks the lake will stick around till April. After that, it's going to get really hot and evaporation will ramp up. Wine says if you're going to go, make sure to bring your own kayak, because there's not really anywhere to rent them in the desert. For LAist 89.3, I'm Kevin Tidmarsh. So today is your chance to go on a bike ride with Ciclavia and take over Melrose Avenue. If you do plan to head that way, LAist food editor Gab Shabran says it's a great opportunity to eat in the area as well. You can really kind of take in the smells of everything, you know. It's like L.A. and smell vision which I think is is awesome, you know. And it's also a great excuse to just get some exercise. Usually there's so much going on that I even forget that I'm doing it half the time. For Gob's whole list of spots to check out, go to LAist.com. And LAFC beat the Seattle Sounders 2-1 to one yesterday in the black and gold season home opener. The team went all the way to the MLS championship final last year, and it's looking to take it all the way this season. Fred Denise is a member of the Offsiders fan group. We're the Western Conference champs, so we're coming in here just swinging for the fences again, as we always do. Um, confident that we're going to go far again. More after this break. Support for LAist comes from Apple TV Plus, presenting Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, starring Kurt Russell, Wyatt Russell, Anna Sawai, and Godzilla. Two siblings follow in their father's footsteps to uncover his involvement with Monarch, a secretive organization connected to Godzilla. TV Line says this series is incredible, and Empire roars that it's epic. Following this podcast, you can hear remarks by father and son acting duo Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell and executive producer Chris Black. More on Monarch Legacy of Monsters at fyc.appletvplus.com. Support for Elliot comes from FX's Feud, Capote versus the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote, once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans. Starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Callista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. Emmy eligible in all limited series categories. Television Academy members can watch all episodes at fxnetworks.com FYC. Back now to the LA Report, I'm Julia Paskin. Public radio provides a vital service, but let's be real, we are also ripe for satire. As proven in the NPR send-up currently streaming on Peacock called In the Know, the series is about a fictional NPR show where the staff is portrayed with stop-motion animation, but the puppets conduct live-action Zoom interviews with real guests, ranging from Ken Burns to Nicole Byer to Finn Wolfhard. Hi, this is Lauren. Today we'll be unpacking the idea of beauty. Our first guest began modeling at just 13, proving that in fashion, child labor doesn't just happen on the manufacturing side. 
You may have heard a lot about the show. After all, we are public radio. So I'm going to do something a little different with my guests today. Zach Woods and Brandon Gardner are co-creators of the show, and also Woods voices the insufferable fictional NPR host named Lauren Caspian in In the Know. Welcome, Zach and Brandon. Thank you. I'm excited. Thanks for having us. The inspiration for Lauren Caspian. Um, I, I described him a little bit to a colleague who hadn't seen the show yet as like all of our worst qualities as hosts combined together. Um, and uh, I don't know. Do you think that's accurate? <laughs> what, are, what are your inspirations there? I think Lauren's a Frankenstein monster of all of the verbal and emotional tics of every interviewer, many of whom are wonderful interviewers, but have like all of us little <laughs> ticketillos. And um I think Lauren is just this kind of uh, neglected child who's armored himself with intellectual affectation and a kind of high-minded progressivism that is incredibly superficial and largely insincere. And he's someone who just badly um, needs a kind of everlasting hug and is very bad at asking for one. Brandon, anything you want to add? Uh, I would just say that we were both inspired by public radio hosts, but also people who aren't necessarily working in public radio, but feel like they're from the same world. So like Malcolm Gladwell and uh, his books and, and podcasts are an inspiration. Michael Barbaro's The Daily, uh, all sorts of people. And then, like we've said before, there's definitely parts of ourselves that we got to sort of let into Lauren as well. Okay, so the the whole art of the interview here, when you're Lauren, you're you know you're an animated stop motion puppet. What are the guests looking at uh, in the screen uh, during the Zoom interviews? Assuming that's what you guys use, and tell us about the prep that goes into to it. it seems like there's some space for improv, but y- you know you also have some kind of script, right? I would say that, to the best of our knowledge, how the interviews work are as unscripted as we think your interviews also go, where. We plan questions and and do research, but we don't say anything to the guests about what they should say. To answer your question of of what they're seeing, they're just seeing a picture of the puppet. And then they hear Zach's voice in character as Lauren introduced them uh, on the show as if they're on a real public radio show. And then they just talk for an hour. And parts are Zach going off the research we did and parts can just be going off something interesting that the guest said where Zach is just um, following that, that train of thought. Okay, so uh, we got a little bit of a quiz for you. It's just a little bit of public radio history here. We're looking at some some kind of blooper moments here. Any questions before we get started? No, but if we're unhappy with the questions, we will leave. <laughs> like, didn't Adam Driver leave a Terry Gross interview? We'll do that. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Question number one. The late, great Bob Edwards, who passed away very recently, who hosted Morning Edition for more than 20 years, uh, once introduced a guest on the line and they were not there. So how did Bob Edwards handle this situation? A. Did he recite a series of limericks while coming up with artful euphemisms? B. Did he narrate his predicament in the third person, asking the audience, what does Bob do? He moves on and finds an interesting story to read. Or C. He pretends to be the guest on the other line using a squeaky voice. I'm going to go with B. I think that's uh, that uh, I think would be an admirable way of, of handling the situation. I'm going to go with A because I think Bob Edwards uh, had a real randy streak and a dirty limerick was always just one moment of dead air away. 
Well, I wish it was A, it was indeed B. He just navigated it by narrating. I think the best part of it was that he did it in the third person. What does Bob Edwards do? Well, he looks for a new story. So I'm going to keep that one in my, my back pocket when someone drives It sounds me. like he was suffering like severe depersonalization <laughs> and had a kind of psychic break on the air. Um, but I'm glad it was in the parlance of journalism. Okay, next question. Uh, Koki Roberts had a basset hound named Abner, who famously barked through an interview, getting the attention of a lot of audience members. Uh, and then listener calls came in about it. Which one of these is true? A, the caller was wondering if the basset hound is a Democrat or a Republican. B, requesting a regular national politics segment with Abner the basset hound. Or C, a woman with a beagle named Mr. Doubleday asked for a photo shoot of the dogs dressed as pilots. Wow. The last one is so specific. <laughs> I'm, I'm, te- I'm going to go with that one. I'm guessing B, because that just sounds like a kind of like whimsical NPR caller who wants to turn canine <laughs> frustration into social satire. No, it was actually uh, wondering if the Basset Hound is a Democrat or a Republican was a politics mm-hmm. segment. And there was another caller that complained that Abner didn't get more mic time. So I will say this. I don't know if your listeners know, but Cokie Roberts, that's a nickname. And it's based on her um, dangerous dependence on the Colombian narcotic <laughs> of cocaine. I just respect that she owns it. Yes, it's a very brave thing to make your moniker your vice, but Koki <laughs> Roberts has done it, and I and I just want to shout her out here and now for doing that. That's just how rumors get started. <laughs> true rumors, true factual rumors. Yeah. Um, all right, Steve Inskeep cracked up laughing during a music industry story that he did not proofread beforehand. What did the copy say that gave the host the giggles? A. The artist formerly known as Prance. B. Called 50 Cent Mr. Cent. Or C. An attribution to the drummer named Rat Scabies, which is just the guy's name. Wow, those are all pretty funny. I'm going to go with A, the artist formerly known as Prance, which which would crack me up if I read it without having seen it. Before. I'm going to go with that too. And also, Prince did wear a lot of like high-heeled shoes and stuff, right? So there was probably some shred of... I mean, his he was a kind of a... Live creature. Yeah, yeah like I feel like he's... It's not... Yeah. Okay, anyway, I don't know. I don't need to speculate. A, I commit to A. No, where it is going to be the next name for my my cat. Uh, unfortunately, it was uh, Mr. Scent. As soon as he read Mr. Scent, he just could awesome, not Mary. stop laughing. I just want to agree to disagree on that one. I, I'm going to stick with A. All right, we've got, all right, well, our people will fact check that and get back to you, sir. <laughs> Last question for you. NPR producer Peter Breslow published a book called Outtakes, Stumbling Around the World for NPR. It includes a story of reporting with NPR host Scott Simon in Iraq, where a driver did everything except have his hands on the wheel. What is something the driver did instead of holding the wheel? A, comb his mustache. B, brewed coffee with a cigarette lighter. Or C, logged on to match.com. I feel like a soldier's ingenuity leads me to B, that, that that's something that they probably figured out how to do is brew coffee with a cigarette light. I think it was A, which I don't remember, but what is it? Comb his mustache. Yes, I think it was A, he was combing that mustache. Well, you're both right. It was all of the above. Wow. Yeah. Match.com in Iraq? <laughs> it's, it's global. Wow. Shout out to Match.com, the, the preeminent dating app of war zones. <laughs> so I want to ask you guys any uh, thoughts about a season two? Is it too early to ask? And any thoughts for the future of Lauren Caspian? We don't well, know. Yeah. Uh, if, if we do do a second season, having gotten to speak with a, a few people at NPR, I would love to spend more time with you and ask you more about your world because it seems um, like there's all sorts of great details that, that we haven't even touched on. 
Thank you for being good sports and also, yeah, we'll, we'll come a calling if there's another season to ask you for the dirt. That was Zach Woods and Brandon Gardner. All six episodes of In the Know are now on Peacock. You can read more about the show at LAist.com. Thanks for listening to the Weekend Edition of the L.A. Report. The Weekend L.A. Report is hosted by me, Julia Paskin, and produced by Monica Bushman and Kevin Tidmarsh. Our engineer is Sean Corey Campbell. The podcast is edited by Fiona Ng. Catherine Mailhouse is the Director of Content Development, and our Vice President of Podcasts is Shana Naomi Crockmall. Join us back here tomorrow. You can read more at LAS.com and listen live on the LAS app or on the radio at 89.3 FM. Listeners like you help make the L.A. Report possible. Please donate at laist.com slash join. This podcast is supported by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe quality journalism makes Southern California a better place to live. LAist Studios operates within the homelands of the Gabrielino Tongva people. We recognize the painful history of displacement, settler colonialism, and erasure of the people, their language, and their sovereignty. Visit laist.com land for more information. We encourage you to get curious about the land on which you live and work. Support for LAist comes from Apple TV+. Plus, Presenting Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. Starring Kurt Russell, Wyatt Russell, Anna Sawai, and Godzilla. Father and son acting duo Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell play older and younger versions of Lee Shaw, the founder of Monarch, a secretive organization connected to Godzilla. As actors and team players, Kurt and Wyatt have a lot in common. We've had a similar life. His game was hockey, mine was baseball. One point in our lives, it was how we were going to make our living. To apply that to our business, I don't know how to look at life other than as a, as no. a win, win-lose ball, ball game. I think we're the type of people that like, we want to be impact players. And you want to help your club win every time you go out there, whether that club's a movie set, a story you're telling, on the ice, on the baseball field. I think we realize that we are much more alike than we are different. (laughs) Here's executive producer Chris Black. I think it should be about this family. I think it should be about secrets. It should be about a pair of siblings discovering each other and discovering that their father could not be trusted and was not the man he said he was. That's what brings them together and sends them on a quest, if you will, to find out the truth about the family and their father. And it's that journey that takes you into the world of the monsters. For Kurt and Wyatt Russell, being so close helped them sort out how to both play the same character. We work together quite a bit. We work together well. What's been your most favorite part of the show? When I was working with you on trying to figure Lee Shaw out, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then taking it to the guys and saying, what do you think? Uh, who is this guy? What, where's he going to go? Where did he come from? And doing that, doing that with you, I've, I've actually never done that really with much with another actor, but I've never played the same, the same role. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. TV line says Monarch Legacy of Monsters is incredible and Empire roars that it's epic. More on Monarch Legacy of Monsters at fyc.appletvplus.com.